sense. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now, as usual, we're always broadening our business horizons, finding new streams of revenue, you know, embracing late-stage capitalism and greed. That is our American birthright. Um, we hear there's a new album rollout by Mr. Travis Scott, you know what I'm saying, coming back from the dead. And we realize that he plans to have this whole thing in the pyramids of Egypt. There'll be tickets. So bing, bang, boom. What do we have? That's right. Tours. We're going to be out there. You know, the Nubians bring people out there to Egypt, the motherland. You know what I'm saying? Hang out some Ankh t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Go out there, embrace where we came from. You know what I'm saying? You know, get away from that technology. Embrace the hotepism. You know, pure hotepism. You know what I'm saying? For financial gain, like everybody else. You know, I, I, I imagine the, the t-shirts are real. Like like somebody's going to be out here there, like from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> and nutcrackers. T-shirts and nutcrackers. <laughs> he got whatever the, the, the equivalent of a Spirit Airlines ticket <laughs> to get to Egypt. <laughs> and he's got, he's got the t-shirts and nutcrackers. There's like the, the airbrushed photo background. I can I can I can only imagine I can I can only imagine, Uh, but uh, yeah no uh, we're happy to be back you know saying we said we'd be back we're back now I mean I guess we'll go into this because it's a little little lighter news but uh long story short after basically I guess self imposed fucking grounding Travis Scott is back (laughs) he he disappeared pretty quick man oh yeah he did he did I. I, It's it's funny because I don't know if I would say it was self imposed, like True. you know his lawyer is kind of saying like it's the media like you know put a target on his back and blah blah blah. I think you know Travis Scott was trying to be out in these streets. <laughs> He's there checking the weather app to see if the cancellation has passed already. He's just like, oh, is the cancellation fox allowed there? I guess I have to stay here for a couple more days. <laughs> Although I am thinking he did drop one really mid song because I, I think it was maybe a couple of uh, I think it was one of the BET Hip Hop Awards. It was him just as Eskimo and it was all those girls dressed. It was like supposed to be like like winter themed, but it was very mid enough where mm. I'm saying this and it feels like a fever dream, but I know 100 percent it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and then uh, I guess the other thing is kind of going back to I guess his original sin. Is that uh, because of the Astro World Trout? Um, uh, sorry, Astro World tragedy, which I was trying to say. Um, I guess, which is a good point for him. He got caught where it's not going to be any criminal liability. That he beat that case basically. Obviously, you could only imagine the civil, like basically all the civil suits are going to last forever and definitely. Yeah. But at least he didn't get that. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Personally, it never sat with me the narrative that he wanted those people to die or he was really that flippant. Again, not a huge Travis Scott fan. Again, could easily believe he's a bad person. But I think the idea of where we're saying that somebody was kind of that, like, disregarding of human life, he might not. And I, and I think as people kind of, to me personally, just kind of understand what happens on stage. Like, when you're on stage, you're not really in the audience. And I don't know how to describe that, whereas the idea of where, you know, you've got your monitors on, things are moving, you've got, like, an, yeah. an army of people behind you. And while I know people were saying like they were getting his fucking trying to get his attention, I also even questioned that because at the end of the day, it's like you, just because he's looking at you, he could be looking at the hundred people right next to you also. And again, you know, not to kind of disparage it, but I thought it was a little bit hard. Now saying that, <laughs> as far as promoter, 
as far as somebody who definitely had some say in organizing the event, all that other stuff, absolutely put him to the fire. But it never stuck with me the idea of where he would be that callous criminally. I always said that's kind of a little bit unfair, and I kind of assumed the worst out of it. Yeah, it, it was a very hard case to prove. You know, obviously Travis Scott has a thing where he, you know, he encourages his crowds to get rowdy, right? Like it's kind of like a modern day mosh pit. You know, he encourages big people to bum rush to like security, like like you know that like that's all kind of a part of the aesthetic. Um, but you know that aesthetic was not on trial, right? Yeah. So I I I think that you know it was, it was very hard to kind of say like he's criminally liable for 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 this. You know, obviously he you know I I feel like you know I can't speak for him, but I do feel like he's not trying to like like see people die at his concerts. He wants people to have a good time and things got carried away. And obviously like they lack security and, you know, probably not the, the, the proper like setup for his concerts. It, it, it just, you know, it was just kind of a domino effect that, that, that was very tragic. Um, you know, having that said, you know, I, I, I think that um, there's a lot of things that, yeah, the, the promoter could have done. They could have like pulled the plug on the mic. They could have like, you know, shut the lights down. They could do a lot of things once they knew like like this was happening and they didn't do that. Um, you know, being on stage, you know, you, you kind of see the audience, but you don't really see the audience. So it's kind of hard to like put all that weight on Travis Scott. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Definitely like the civil suits will continue and, and I'm sure like there'll be some pain for Travis Scott. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very hard case to make. Um, and I, I feel like they made the right, right call here. No, absolutely. And like I said, again, I'm not saying he wasn't, you know, he, he, you know, at the end of the day, I think to kind of hold him liable as an artist was very unfair. I think definitely to call him liable as like a promoter, somebody who was involved, you know, his people were involved. I think that's 100%. I think that's where the ankle should have come, came. And like you said, it was very odd to kind of assume that he had criminal malfeasance, like he wanted people to die, like he was doing it unintentional. You know, you could definitely make the argument that, you know, his whole turn up, turn up, turn up probably isn't really, you know, a mega open air festival probably isn't a place for that. At the same time, he's not the only one, you know, there's been other men. Like, you know, I, I guess I, I see I see where the, the overreach was there. And like I said, it's just maybe as somebody who's also a person of color, black person, I kind of thought was a little bit extra where they immediately assumed that he wanted all this death. That said, he's definitely deserves to kind of give some kind of restitution because he was involved. It was his event. You know, there's no way he kind of shrugged it away. At the end of the day, the buck does also stop at him along with Knife Nation. So, like I said, I thought it was just the wrong case to kind of get up, go on Matt, and I thought it was a little bit, like, assuming the worst out of him. But that said, he still has to pay his, pay, you know, he's got to pay back society, long story short. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then I guess, you know, sadly enough, that was probably the happier news. Um, MF Doom. So long story short, after a couple of years of silence, if I remember correctly, it was 2020, um, basically around towards the end of the year, we found out MF Doom died. We were all shocked. His, his widow confirmed it. It was, it was a sad thing. And apparently a couple of weeks ago, she kind of filed some kind of claim. I'm not too sure how basically it works in the UK in regards to the healthcare system, because I know it's public. But long story short, it looks like MF Doom died not because of natural causes, but because of basically the hospital fucked up. Um, long story short, it looks like he went in there for a specific reason. 
he was having issue of high blood pressure. They gave him a, a drug that's supposed to kind of lower it, but it's also known to have a very specific side effects as far as making it hard to breathe and you know, swelling. And apparently, you know, they kind of ignored him. You know, it was, it was during the COVID era. You know, I hate to say this. He's also a black man, probably a black man who probably upon first look, you know, is probably looks a certain kind of way. And they basically let him die. And, you know, it kind of sucks where, you know, and I think that's when what's kind of been rough this la these last couple of months. And actually, what I'm saying months, years, is just generally everybody's dying before that time. Again, I I would love it for it to be you know these dudes are dying you know surrounded by loved ones in their fucking 80s and 90s. It just seems a lot of the people who are dropping nowadays, a lot of it feels like it was just avoidable. Long story short, you know these this is not <laughs> it's not a random tragedy. Yeah. People fucked up. Yeah. It, it, it's really sad, and and even you know just taking away the fact that it's MF Doom. Um, unfortunately, these type of things happen uh, to black people in hospitals all the time, Ooh. and you know, like black people feel like you know they have no agency. There's like you know, um, you know, documented accounts of people you know in pain and not like you know the expectation like oh black people can tolerate pain so they don't get pain medication or they're not like you know I, I remember like Serena Williams was having like trouble after yeah. she gave birth and you know, not getting uh, responsive care. Um, so it's really kind of sad um, that this is just another tragic and preventable thing. Um, and it's really sad for his wife as well, just because it seemed like, you know, it was COVID era, so she wasn't able to actually be there and she couldn't really do anything. And, you know, I guess she had to put her faith in these doctors who were ignoring him and you know not really giving him the right care and she was only able to see him right as they were pulling the plug unfortunately so it, it's it's just i don't know it, it's just really sad like i said like like beyond you know mf doom you know it's just like a sad state of like you know healthcare you know in the world right for for black people right and it's you know it's it's very sad to kind of see it end up as a tragic tale um, I know the wife is is coming forward. You know, I you know, look, it took a lot of time to grieve. I know this happened October twenty twenty, and then you know they announced it on like December thirty first. Everybody suspected that it was COVID, you know, because it's COVID era, um, and COVID kind of unfortunately like took out other rappers as well. Um, but you know, like now I think you know she's speaking out. The hospital is hopefully opening up an inquiry. Don't know how much good that's going to do, right? Um, yeah. But speaking of criminally liable, uh, I, I definitely feel like there should be criminal charges if, if 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 you're prescribing something, you know it has side effects, and you see those side effects manifesting, and you're just kind of like, ah, okay, you know. Um, I, I think like it being the COVID era is not really an excuse. And a lot of people have kind of brought that up on like some of the Reddit forums. It's like, well, you know, the, like, it's COVID era and like nurses were stressed, stretched thin and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you have to do a job um, and you have to kind of mitigate risk. And the hospital did that poorly. And I'm glad that his wife is speaking out and I'm hopefully there'll be, I, like I said, I don't know how it works in the UK. Like, hopefully, it'll, there'll be some type of retribution. Um, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm not holding my my breath, but 
um, you know, it's just like a really sad situation, like like all around, and it's just kind of like it's sad just because like it it, it seems like it was a, a death that was preventable, you know. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I agree with everything you said. At the end of the day, is the idea of where you know you hope you kind of get restitution, but it's like it's it's just there's nothing really kind of do. You know, I kind of hope it's a quote unquote teachable moment. Um, it looks like in what you kind of followed, the hospital itself knew they fucked up because there was an investigation afterwards. But, you know, what's a teachable moment when somebody dies? You know, what's what's a bag when somebody dies? You know, at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure whatever she gets out of it, you know, whatever way they can make it complete doesn't really compare to the fact that MF Doom died. You know, as far as, you know, the world is concerned, the world lost a brilliant artist, you know what I'm saying, who was still doing great art. You know, it's it's a lot of these things kind of like suck. And it's kind of depressing where it kind of just circles back to kind of like this weird, you know, anti-plaquenes is kind of ingrained where, you know, it is kind of seen as lesser where, you know, I think part of the things you kind of said was the fact of where he had a buzzer he could have reached and he's complaining to the nurses and they kind of ignored him. And going back to your point about Serena, that was the same exact thing where she's saying, hey, something here is wrong. Something here is wrong. And they were basically ignoring her. And honestly, she's one of the most famous people on the planet. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, how do you... Like, and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but not to bring it personally, but it's like, if they're going through it, what about us? Yeah. <laughs> what, oh, yeah. What are, I'm, you know, I'm going to go in there for that root canal, come out there missing four limbs. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, you never know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess maybe this is happy. So Rap Genius, one of my favorite sites, note the sarcasm, basically tried to sue Google for basically data scraping their consolidated and crowdsourced, 100% crowdsourced lyrics. And basically they brought it to the Supreme Court and they promptly lost, which, I mean, couldn't happen to worse guys. I mean, long story short, it's very interesting to see people kind of profit off the culture. And, you know, I just kind of thought it was kind of rich where you've got a site that basically was rap genius, made its money from the culture. You had people who basically built the site for the culture because these are crowdsourced lyrics. These are all hip hop heads put, putting their fucking weight into the database. They got a little bit of a glow up. You know, they basically dropped a rap from their names. On behind the scenes, apparently they were toxic, toxic as hell, some racism involved. And then it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, that they were trying to basically kind of say they own these lyrics, which is fucked up. It's like at the end of the day, it's like, I can't, you know, it's if you're gonna do it this way, then everybody should be able to play ball. You know what I'm saying? I should be able to go into those lyrics, grab it. You can't really copyright something that's been A, not even yours in the first place, and B, the fact it's even there is because of somebody else's labor. So I thought this was a very funny kind of like, you know, lawsuit in the first place. And all I can say is I'm happy they fucking lost because fuck them. <laughs> so I, I think rap genius or genius was a brilliant idea. Like, I mean, I, 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 I go, I know, like, look, I don't know what the, half the shit that Kendrick's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I need a translator. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it is really interesting because, you know, I, when I was taking music copyright class, they talked about ah. lyrics being copywritten. And, you know, in theory, if you write lyrics and that those lyrics are kind of appear on the internet, um, you have rights to those. But it's rarely enforced and I don't think it's it's really known. Um, and I think a lot of people just kinda like, oh, I don't care, right? Like like a lot of like artists want the fans to see their lyrics and, you know, I, I just don't think it's it's been like a, a a huge Napster type thing for the record labels, but yeah, 
so rap genius is already in the wrong right because you know as you said like they took lyrics from <laughs> or crowdsourced lyrics or took lyrics that you know from you know i don't know like other sources and you know they're trying to kind of play off as their own and also like you know get ad money on on the back of that uh things like that so um you know they, they're already in the wrong they're already kind of like shilling copyrighted material so yeah, it, it, it's 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 pretty funny that they will also sue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know Google, um, you know to kind of say like, oh, like like you're you're you know it's almost like a dude who like robs somebody and then he gets <laughs> robbed <laughs> and he calls the cops. <laughs> I robbed that first fair and square. <laughs> I, I illegally owned it first. <laughs> Get him, officer. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that it got shut down. I'm, actually, I'm like, I really don't know how Genius makes money anymore. I, I feel like, I mean, I block all the ads, so I have no idea like what their business model is oh, anymore. Oh, look at you, look at you admitting, admitting you stealing free internet <laughs> from <laughs> Rap Genius. <laughs> Like, how do you even afford the lawyers to like, even get to the Supreme Court? Like, that's Ooh. not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Ooh. Like, um, so I, I, I don't even, like, like I have the size. I mean, I, I think they're all, like, trust fund dudes, uh, things like that. But, like, uh, I guess, like, um, you know, maybe their uncle kind of helped them out. But, um, but yeah, I'm like, damn, like, you, you guys got lawyer money? You got Supreme Court lawyer money? Want to want to hear a piece of a piece of quote unquote goss? What's up? So uh, one of them is married to the woman who owned the the wing. Oh well, that's not surprising. That's yeah, not for, surprising. For, for you guys, you guys who are not in with the the cool kids of 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 of, of metropolitan America, the wing was a was supposedly uh, basically like Soho House, uh, female only empowering space where only that. The most important, you know, aka rich people <laughs> and cool people who were able to kind of join. It was the idea they wanted to foster a safe space. Unfortunately, going back to our previous point, it was also an anti-black and racist place. <laughs> yeah. And as a result, you know, it's after a certain point, you know, they weren't making the money during COVID, then they got caught with that racism shit, and then it disappeared. But uh, for a minute, they were able to make beautiful capitalism out of basically trying to be empowering towards people that they yeah. were fucking over anyway. So you know. You know, I mean, I, I I never got to hang out in the, at the the genius penthouse in Williamsburg. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I guess I can womp, I can womp. talk shit. I never got that invite. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I know. Let me put it this way: I know some friends who've worked there, and I can also say that they can't say anything about it because of an NDA and the payouts, which tells you how uh, oh I'm sure how great a place is there to work. <laughs> but uh, on to new music. New music. Keep the heat going. New music, Uzi Vert, the pink tape. Here's the kicker. I always respected Uzi Vert to a certain extent, but I never thought he could really put a big cohesive project together. Possibly it's me, you know, I've got old man ears, you know, boom bap forever, real hip hop, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop. Um, Right during the COVID times, bringing it back, uh, has dropped his rumored big crazy album, Eternal Take. 
it was basically, I think, for a couple of years in the, in the making, a lot of leaks along the ways. I remember when it was dropping, and I was like, oh, this shit's fucking finally dropping. I was like, watch it be a hard drive dump, and it wasn't. It was actually a pretty well-curated, well-sequenced album. You had his rapidy rap stuff in the, in the beginning. You had some hybrid pop stuff in the, towards the middle, and a little bit of songs at the end. Very well put together. You saw different sides of him. You had your little, you know, you know, pop trap shit. You had him spitting. Very well-balanced album, solid fucking project. You know, so we fast forward. And while I was surprised that record wasn't a fucking hard drive dump, this one absolutely is. Uh, it's kind of interesting because we've discussed this, where at a certain point you have your dinosaurs, like let's say, and I don't mean dinosaurs in a negative way, but like you have your rappers who have been there for a very long time. And it's been fascinating to watch Drake's career because Drake has kind of hit the career of where he's many albums in, you know, dude's, dude's been here for over a decade. He's put a lot of content out there and we've kind of hit the years of Drake kind of being a little bit mid, mm-hmm. you know, cause at a certain point you run out of things to say, you know, and, and not to say that, you know, you can't rap forever, but I think that it, it it's, you have to be a very particular kind of songwriter to do it. And I think it's really hard to kind of get the edge you need is kind of hard to kind of get the experiences you need when you've really that successful for a very long time. You're not touching grass. By the very nature of who you are, you can't touch grass. So this kind of felt a lot along those lines where basically, you know, it's it's a lot of Uzi verts. It's a lot of songs. You know, the only thing that was kind of marginally interesting here is he's got a song of Bring the Horizon and Baby Metal, who are two like heavy metal, like I can't say heavy metal per se, but definitely heavy leaning bands. One is metalcore, one is kind of more mainstream metal J-pop. Um, and then those are actually not bad songs by the very virtue of those songs are probably 95% the band and 5% Uzi. And that's not really a testimony to the powers of what, what they do, although I respect them as musicians and bands. It's more along the lines of this felt very half-assed. Um, have you heard the, you, you still do me a favor. If you could listen to one thing from this record, listen to the System of a Down cover, Chop Suey. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. So you, I, it's, it's the worst cover I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so here's the kicker. It's to cover that song is inspired, right? So you've got Uzi, this little weirdo. You figure that, yo, they must take the fucking chords and chop it up. Or he's got Pierre LeBron out there doing something. Maybe Metro Boomin. No. It's literally, and I'm pretty sure the actual instrumentals, because I'm pretty sure they were recreated only because they sound very, I won't say flat, but they definitely sound like almost like a demo version of the original songs. And he maybe tries to sing half the song. And then because, you know, at a certain point it gets harmony, there's an outro, yeah. it's relatively, I won't say, I won't say mega complex to sing, but it requires some singing. He doesn't even try. The last like minute is just instrumentals. Wow. <laughs> and that's the thing. It just sounds, the record just sounds very lazy. It sounds like a hard drive dump. It sounds like somebody has got to pay legal bills because we all, you know, we all forgot about Uzi Vert rolling up in Beverly Hills, pulling out the fucking llama. Threatening his baby mama and St. John, you know what I'm saying? Rapper of Rose's fame because he thought she was creeping out of him. Actually, he would say baby mama. He was, they were the exes by that time. But that male ego is a motherfucker where he saw his girlfriend, the rapper, and freaked out. Even though St. John was like, yo, we are actually just talking business. I, it's, it was just platonic. But because he rolled up on him, he had to go fucking do all that shit. But yeah, it, it just seems like a very, you know, it's a hard drive stuff. And I apologize now. I realize he is non-binary. He goes by they, them. So I apologize for that. The record's still trash, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget me and my misgendering. I take apology for, you also need to apologize for that trash-ass record. 
You can still get heat out here. Yeah. And it brought, it's an hour and a half long. Wow. It's an hour and a half wow. long. And the thing is, I'm not going to say there aren't good songs on here, but I could easily, let me put it this way. The best songs on here would have still felt like leftovers on his previous, on his previous record, Eternal to Take. And you probably have 30 minutes out of it. Like and, like and like I said, and some of those songs, like the, the particularly the rock rock ones, are really carried by the bands themselves, or it's kind of on autopilot, and just stand out because the rest of it is Uzi, not autopilot, kind of just mediocre Uzi vert songs. So yeah, yeah. So long story short, yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating to see because we've we've been watching Drake, and now Uzi vert is in that falling off stage of his career. Yeah, well, it, it, it's funny. So I, I've never been an Uzi vert fan. Um, I've admired him, right? them right i i i feel like yeah you know i like the aesthetic i like you know the fact that they're kind of like a trap rapper but they're pushing you know different paradigms forward you know they they used to be kind of a east coast boom bap rapper you know yep um and then you know look just want to rock is you know yeah. it's a bop it's a bop what? And, yes. you know, it, it's crazy. So, I mean, being like back in the day in the blog era, you know, like, you know, like Baltimore Club, Jersey Club, Philly Club, like was like like a huge underground scene. But none of those guys like like ever thought that they would be like, you know, half a billion streams on Spotify. Right. Yes. Like it's just not like Brick Bandits, all those cats like, you know. <laughs> I feel like Diplo like kind of stole a lot of those sounds, uh, and and but you know like a lot of those cats just like just, as, as Diplo does, as Di- <laughs> Diplo does, you know, um, and it's kind of crazy now that's spurring like other like Jersey Club songs, um, and it's a it's a two minute track, right? Like it, it, it's super crazy to to kind of see that. So I Bad like Bunny the- has a fucking Jersey Club song, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, insane. Like, like I, I, you know, so I like the fact that they keep pushing these, you know, paradigms forward. Like, you know, they might do a Jersey Club track, and then they might do a System of a Down track. I think that's really great. But yeah, like it, it's really kind of sad to see like it's not connecting. I talk about the uh, the little uh, little Yachty album a lot, and even though it's not the best, like um, you know, album in terms of just you know, like the dude. <laughs> We can't sing. Hangs out with singing. Um, there was a vision, and I feel like he he kind of connected on it, and it felt cohesive, and he got the right producers and the right you know like whatever. And I think you know it always seems like like Uzi Vert can do a lot of different things with the culture, and he's just not they're just not like connecting the dots, you know. So um, and maybe they will. I mean, they're still young, so. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I think you nailed it. It's the idea of where when he's on, he's on. But at the same time, it feels like, like I said, it's, it's, this is definitely like, you know, I won't even say a Drake Scorpion, but it's definitely like, oh, this is definitely his kingdom come. This is definitely like, oh, there's a definitely like, he's not really trying in this record. And, you know, I, and I think it's unfortunate because, again, like, I want to, that Wanna Rock is a genius song, right? Yeah. And so it's weird because, you know, and I'm not gonna say there aren't some good tracks here, but it's just like you you run into that song halfway through the record, you know, like probably 15 minutes in, and it and it gets a little bit of life, like oh shit, like this is like fucking this is this is why this record exists, and then we fall right back again, and this kind of sucks because again, I'm not gonna again go back to Little Yachty actually. In your point, 
you know, I respect a swing and a miss, but you got to at least like show up to bat. Yeah. And that's like I said, this was just a hard drive stuff, honestly. I, I, I can't imagine that he actually approaches for vision as opposed to some of his other projects, particularly Eternal to take. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, again, like I said, he's still young. He'll find new angles. I'm pretty sure that I might think through is this number, it beat um, Morgan Wallen. So I know it's it's getting the streams at least as of now. So, you know, good for him. And like I said, he is a generally talented individual. I'm just hoping that, you know, he kind of figures it out. And I've also been wondering about like a lot of MCs who've had long careers and are still able to kind of do like, I was thinking about two chains. And I was like, we don't really talk about two chains. And to a certain extent, we could say that two chains isn't put partially of the cultural zeitgeist, but two chains are dropping records continuously and they were still solid. A uh, 50 cent, again, somebody who definitely, you know, ter- objectively a terrible person, terrible person. But at the end of the day, <laughs> was still dropping like decent records. And you know, you don't want to see like a lot of these guys who push things forward to kind of fall off. And I think Uzi Vert has it in him. Like, you know, I think the the new metal stuff was inspired per se. So you could see he's yeah. trying, but like I said, it's like, you know, when you look at that, that, that like it was a system of Don Cavara. I was like, oh yeah, this is not even like, you know, I would have put it as a bonus track, put it as an end. You could chop to the beat. It's just literally, that would have taken him tops, tops five minutes to have done. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's just like he got it, he downloaded it on, on YouTube, system of down instrumental chop suey, you know, had an engineer queue it up and it's recorded and put it on the fucking tape. So that's where it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 me on my my, my my new music journey the last couple of weeks and it was not fun. Uh, so I, I all right, so for, for me, I wanna flip it up. I'm not actually not gonna talk about new music or I wanna <laughs> t- not talk about an album. Um I, I wanna talk about Juvenile's Tiny Desk concert. What? Have you seen it? Yes. It is beautiful. Um, actually, like, shout out to NPR. And, I, oh, man, like, I'm going to get roasted for this. Like, but they have a dude that um, uh, does DJ Cousins. All, yeah, like, like all of the, the, the black music, like, you know, booking. Uh, they killed it for Black Music Month. Um, but I, I will say I enjoy watching those more than any album for the past couple weeks. Uh, the juvenile like like Tiny Desk concert. Number one, he had no idea like three weeks ago what Tiny Desk was, <laughs> <laughs> and like somebody dared him on Twitter or like that. He was like, you know, I, I think he went on, on Tiny Desk and was like, "Fuck a Tiny Desk!" Like, like what the hell? And people on Twitter were like, "Nah, dude, like, like you don't understand," <laughs> 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 you know. But like to go from that to like I'm gonna put together a full band and I'm gonna have John Baptiste on there, Chumbone Shorty, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and Manny Fresh and like just like completely kill it. To me, that just gives me like so much faith in music, you know. Bruh, I I two two things made me laugh. One was John Baptiste happy to be there. He would have played a recorder if he could have been there. And the other thing was the violinist when it went into uh, Back to Thing Up, which saw oh, the yeah. beginning notes, and you see the smile on her face. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, they were just, it was, you could just, they were, they were, it's like, you could see them all revert to like the 10 year old selves of why they played instruments in the first place, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> they had a viol- a string section for Back That Thing Up. <laughs> 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 you know? And it's just like, it's, it's super crazy, like, um, I don't know. It's like, 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 it was just like, I felt like happy for Juvenile. Um, yeah, it, it's like somebody who just, 
I mean, was not relevant for, I would, I would say, I mean, obviously he's been putting out stuff and like, he's relevant, but like, I mean, you know, like his, his last hit was like 20 years ago. Right. Like, yeah. like just, just to keep it real. And also too, like Southern hip hop, New Orleans hip hop. I mean, it gets respect, but like, you know, I remember when those tracks dropped and like yeah. the hip hop heads were like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yeah. Um, and I was living down South at the time and, you know, I, I was kind of like, you know, living down South, like the beautiful thing is like you're exposed to like both sides, right. They, in New York, LA, like, you know, down South, Atlanta, New Orleans, Miami, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's just like, oh, this is all hip hop. But like, obviously there's, the, there's that East Coast bias um, with a lot of those guys. I was, I was watching like, um, or listening to the, the Questlove podcast with Angie Martinez and like, they're like talking about like, you know, all the Southern songs bubbling up and, you know, Hot 97 DJs like not wanting to play them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's I can testify as a I was a bro. You would, I was I'm a dude who was listening to Stretch and Bob, you know, two a.m. in the morning before I had to go to school. Like they were not fucking going for a lot of those cats for a very fucking long time. Yeah, yeah. I remember Notorious Tugs being Haram. I remember people shocked when Jay Z hopped on the Juvenile Ha remix. Yeah, I remember these were these were scandals. These oh were, yeah. Full-fledged scandals among among the hip hop intelligentsia of New York, the hip hop high council. Like, they were, like, people, they were like, put up on charges. Yeah, I remember like Big Pimpin, like being like a oh huge yeah that was bruh. monumental thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's and 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 it sucks and and I, and I think going back to your point, it's like it felt like you know it's one of the reasons why I'm also ha- I'm so happy that Atlanta's kind of taken the crown, even though they've been kind of a little sloppy with the crown. We won't talk about that, but maybe I blame Young Thug's incarceration. But besides the point, um, New York has been so. There's a term called rockist, which I think, I forget what snotty Rolling Stone writer thought of it, but it's the idea of where, from rock music, there's a purity there. You have that oh, guy, yeah. that record store guy, where yeah. it's like, this is this is real rock music, not XYZ. You've got to get the Led Zeppelin album from yada, yada, yada. If not, no, Led Zeppelin sucks. It's got to be cream. If not, and there's that little, you know, holier than thou. And it kind of sucks to see that in hip hop. Now, don't get me wrong. Hip hop has always been something about competition and who's better and who's doper and pushing the paradigms. But also, I think as a result, we've lost a lot of good music. A lot of good music kind of got pushed to the wayside. Yeah. I can say this much. As a New York kid, it took me a while to listen to fucking Southern hip hop. But like, I'm going to say some shit, some sad shit. It was fucking like two-way freaking shit. It was like later era, like fucking, like uh, fucking 3-6. Oh, yeah, which I yeah, got yeah. into, but what's fucked up is Three Six is one of my favorite hip hop bands of all times. While they were dropping mystical styles, while I was listening to fucking Wu Tang, listening to fucking Tribe Called Quest, listening to Biggie, just embracing hip hop, I had no idea that fucking record existed, and it's kind of, and it kind of sucks. Like the only thing yeah. that kind of got any air here was fucking Ghetto Boys and obviously N.W.A. But basically, yeah. if you weren't on the top, like like crossing over, basically you had to almost cross over to a white audience first, yeah. and then New York Radio would play you, and it was fucked up. And you know, Juvenile, he's somebody where, and, and again, he definitely opened up the lane for fucking, you know, to, to a certain point, it's very interesting how Lil Wayne had to rap over New York shit to get recognized as a great MC. True. 
particularly when he was a, a part of that wave with fucking Juvenile. And the thing is, what I liked about it, going back to that fucking Tiny Desk, is Juvenile was still spitting. He was still doing dope MC stuff. He was still flowing. He was still looking young. He's somebody where he was able to do Juvenile 2023 the way he was doing it in 2003. And, and I'm hoping that, knock on wood, that he keeps us alive. I know that Action Bronze has been touring with a band, like just kind of doing all the samples with horns and shit like that. I'm hoping, he, I know he played the Essence Fest like a week later. I'm hoping that I kind of continue on and i'm hoping that he gets his flowers because you know you see him promoting those hits and i remember somebody was joking on twitter how like these are american standards and they are like these are a big yeah. formational part of hip-hop i've heard people use the high flow more than a handful of times as a shout out to juvenile in the younger cats you know what i'm saying yeah so it's, it's kind of sucks where to a certain extent we kind of relegated him to like history and yeah i understand it he hasn't had a hit for a while but it felt like he's definitely been a race as opposed to a lot of other mcs are popping around that time so good for him yeah, no, I mean, it was a beautiful show. You know, you like, I don't think I've seen a tiny desk like that lit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I, I've been at the tiny desk, not for a show, not flex. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's a small space, but it, it was just like super live. And you saw like the love, you know, like Manny Fress was like the happiest dude. Like, you just saw the love in the audience and love returned. And, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about Tiny Desk and, and basically like you have a lot of these artists who are kind of like oh they were like cool back in the day and they come on Tiny Desk and they re- remind you of like how impactful the music was and you get to listen to it in a new way so you know like T-Pain like you know catapulted back into the mainstream Usher catapulted back in the mainstream um, and yeah like Juvenile is back there too which is which is great you know yeah no, it's it's accident. It's a godsend because you know you could say it as a fact of where you know it's nostalgia and X Y Z. No, at the end of the day, it's like they're showing up and showing like they're they're ready to compete. They're ready to go out to the arena. They're ready to box with any of the young dudes. Like these are viable 2022, 2023 artists, and 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 I think it's good. I think they deserve their flowers, and it's happy that you know any kind of thing from this to remember how the verses was popping for a little bit, and you saw yeah, a lot of yeah. ads come back like the locks. Like I think it's time for us to kind of really focus on the fact of where you know a lot of these oldies, OGs, a lot of these elders are still putting out just objectively a kick-ass fucking show. And I think they deserve to get paid for it. And I hope that you know these little glow-ups. You know, I think on my end. I'm going to try to make a more con- like a more concentrated effort to kind of see, I won't say older because it feels a little bit ageist, but let's say more established acts who may not necessarily be of the cultural zeitgeist just because they're still, they're still going to give you a fucking great ass show, man. These motherfuckers have been around for a minute. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a 50 year hip hop, but you know, I, I feel like a lot of the traditional venues are kind of like, you know, they're like looking at the eighties artists, you know, and, and maybe the early nineties artists and the golden era of hip hop, but you know the the 2000s now are about to be 25 years old, right? Yeah, so I, th- I think I you know, <laughs> you know, see your ARP lands. Yeah, like uh, they are. They they keep sending me shit, dude. I, I keep ripping it up. Like no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So like 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 you know, yeah. I I would say see some of these artists in the 2000s. They also got really shitty. <laughs> record deals <laughs> you know give them their flowers uh yes. and you know hopefully they continue the tour um you know i look i i don't think i was like the i was a very harsh judge of tw- 2000s music but you know it had a time and a place you know i was at the club you know like i was trying to back that thing up 
You know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is, man. So, uh, you know, like I'm just happy to see another artist from that era get their flowers and um, hopefully they'll, they'll go on tour. Yep. I'll be there, man. Like I said, he needs to come out the next time. I'll, I'll fly. To, I'll you ready for this boast? I'm ready. I'll fly to New Orleans to go see Juvenile. I wouldn't mind seeing New, Juvenile in New Orleans. Yeah, that'd be fun as shit, man. Like that's that's a good ass time. Yeah, like uh, and then yeah. it's like you're in New Orleans, so it's just like yeah. <laughs> you get some crawfish and some, <laughs> you know and, and some jambalaya and some some po' boys, some, like some po' boys, baby. What? Ta -ta -ta. Ooh, charbroiled fucking oysters. Get Bro. out of here. Bro, Bruh. people don't know about that shit. They they go for the po' boys, but you stay for the Charborough or oysters. Bruh, bruh. It's it's I, I I remember I had a meal and that's all I had. Like that's there was no maybe a beer, yeah. but that was that was it. We had it like three when we were in New Orleans last we had it like three times. Like, Bruh, like that's all ass. like like from that point on, I am just gonna start showing up like a like a, somebody from Maine with coveralls and a hat, a bucket hat. <laughs> Like this, line these bitches up. I'm just gonna scarf them all down. <laughs> uh, and on that note, uh, thank y'all for listening. You know what I'm saying? Stay safe out there. Things are crazy out there. You know, if it's not one thing, it's another. We got this heat. We got fucking floods. We got fucking heat waves. We got aliens. I don't know if they're aliens. I feel like the aliens are like, nah, nigga, we ain't coming to this. <laughs> The Earth is the Ghetto to record <laughs> to recall that song from a couple of summers ago. <laughs> but uh, as usual, we love y'all. Stay safe. Stay woke. For real, for real. Stay That's the woke. black people. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>